Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's a great day to be alive. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thomas uh, called me this morning singing that song to me. And uh, part of the reason is because I had a little bit of a close call. Actually, not a little bit. A very, very close call in the helicopter last night. And um, got a little bit overloaded. About put it about uh, put it down in some grapes last night. Uh Looking over at my wife. She knows. But yeah, um, luckily with lots of prayer and uh, saying, Jesus, help me, <laughs> we pulled it out and uh, end up, I think, over temping the gauge or well, the engine. I'm sorry. My brain's still not fully functioning. But yeah, it. Uh, my, I'll just say my stomach was up in my chest. That was a really, I've had lots of close calls over the last 16 years of flying, but <clears throat> that one. That actually was, I've had way worse things happen than that, but I've had wrecks. I've lost a couple engines in flight. I've had one smoke, billowing smoke and shooting flames out and luckily got it on the truck right before it went down. Uh, What else? Mm, Yeah, blew my back out on that one wreck. That was probably 12 years ago. So yeah, an exciting time, exciting day. Good day to be alive. And actually, like I said, you know, you never know uh, life can, you know, you don't realize how short life is until like you lose someone. And then you just, you think about eternity, you think about the future, you think about, you know, what's going to happen after this, which I know what's going to happen. You know, you're going to go to either one of two places is how I believe the Bible teaches. So as long as you have live for Christ and have in your life, you don't have no worries about what's going to happen afterwards but um no matter who how you are who you are how you believe any of that stuff um i will tell you this you like i said when someone passes away you really start thinking of like man i need to treat people better i need to be a better person i need to be more patient i need to be more kind i need to be more giving right you always think that but like when your own self has a close call um it's weird because I don't really think of it like that. I just think like, oh man, <clears throat> I'm not so invincible. You know what I mean? I'm not, stuff could happen to me and uh, it can happen to anybody, but you know, you just don't think about yourself until something like that happens. So I am thankful to the Lord that he kept his hand on me. Cause like I said, I, I don't think I would have got hurt because I'm taking off the truck, the loader truck in the helicopter. So when you take off, you're at max gross weight, and so every load is just maxed out. That's just how you it is in ag, right? And when you take off, 
you usually take off the truck and there's nothing in front of it except dirt or ground or alfalfa field or whatever. And you just like dip down and you build up that momentum and that speed and you go through what's called effective translational, trans, translational lift. <clears throat> and um, once you go through that, it kind of causes a shudder and then you go through that and then you're good to go. Well, when I took off that truck yesterday, um, I had just got f- fuel and he gave me a load and I think... I don't want to blame him by any means. I, he might have just gave me a little bit more than normal, plus the wind switch to behind me, and you always want the wind in your face. And then I'm taking off over grapes, which if you know grapes in orchards and ag, they're about, I'm going to say like to my shoulders probably, maybe to the top of my head. So, you know, close to six feet, five and a half, six feet. Well, I don't have that extra padding to do a takeoff and like let it kind of sink down and build up some momentum. I have to keep it up above the grapes. So definitely won't be doing that anytime soon again, which I've done it hundreds of times before. But I think the combination of how hot it's been, 105, 110, um, the wind switch, which was by me, so I had no help there. I just got fuel and I might have got a hair overloaded. I mean, everything was against me. So good news is, I'm okay. The helicopter's probably okay. They just got to go through the engine and make sure everything's good and didn't cook anything from over-temping. But what I was going to say is I don't think I would have got hurt at all because I'm only five feet off the ground. But if you know about those grape orchards, the, there's wires. They run wires, like really thick wire across the tops of them. And and then there's just poles and wires down below too for, for them to grow up on. So I would have... That I would have wrecked a helicopter. It would have been, it would probably would have. I definitely am pretty sure the blades, the main rotor blades, which are 80,000, those would have been chopped up because they would have hit and then they would have sagged down. Then tail rotor, all that would have been chopped off. It would have been bad. So it would just not have been good. And to be honest with you, the loaders that were directly behind me, because I was probably like 30 yards away from the truck when this happened, they could have got hurt too because parts start flying. So. I'm thankful, and I was just kind of being joking when I was singing that song, but in all reality, I'm thankful. The helicopter's okay, and I'm okay. <clears throat> and I know the companies are always thankful for that, because that's just part of the industry. So I'm thankful that I didn't mess anything up for their sake, and I know they're thankful too, so we'll just thank the Lord for that one. But to move on, <clears throat> I've been sitting here really thinking, like, man, I don't know what I want to do. And I apologize for not getting out two a week for the last, like last week and this week, I only got one out. Um, or for the last two weeks, I only got one out. I'm going to get back to two. I've been so unbelievably working my brains out seven days a week and, you know, 15, 16, 17 hours a day. I literally just literally don't have time to do it. And you guys don't know like how hard I try to put these out for you because I have stayed up until two in the morning doing it and knowing I got to get up five and trying to edit, try to get the things out. So I trust me, I care about you guys and I appreciate you guys' support because it makes it all worth it. When I'm doing that and I'm staying up late like that, um, it's worth it because you guys always give good feedback. You guys are always positive. It's just, I really appreciate you guys. I really do. Because I'm just a Joe Blow, right? I'm just a blue collar guy, works regular job, understands what it means to work and sometimes not have not have enough money, right? Like I'm not this guy that's just like, oh, I just have the money and I just do whatever I want when I went. No. <laughs> I know what it is to not be able to get to the bills you need and I've been there. And um so I have uh what do you call it? Um I don't want compassion I guess would be one word, but I also have I can relate big time. Cause I ain't nobody. I am just a Joe Blow that was raised by God-fearing family, and I just try to work hard and love my family, love God, and kill ducks. So, all right, I guess I'm going to kind of touch a little bit on scouting because I feel like we do that all the time. (coughs) Excuse me. I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but I know, shout out to Adam Teeny. He was like, hey, can you guys, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Whew. Anyways, uh, I was talking to... Uh, him and he said, Hey, or text me and he said, Hey, can you do on in depth scouting like at refuges? And I feel like we've done that so much. But again, when you do over 210 episodes, I mean, we've been doing this for three years. So even if we did do it on an episode, 
that's a long time ago. A lot of different people are listening. So yeah, let's just talk a little bit. I'm not going to get too crazy because I don't claim to know everything. But then I'm going to call, stay tuned, because I'm going to call Austin from Acadiana Coat. And we're going to talk for about five, ten minutes about the process he did on the gun and, and just our thoughts on it. Guys, if you have not seen that video, you've got to go check it out on, my, on the YouTube channel if you don't get notifications. And by the way, if you do, go in there and just click the notifications on. That little bell on the top right, it will, it will let you know when we put a new video out. Because I know there's a lot that do that and have that, but there's a lot that don't. And a lot of you subs that if you're from the regular YouTube channel listening on here, You've told me yourselves, like, man, we're not seeing nothing. No, it's not, we're not being notified, or we don't, when we go to our subscription feed, we're not seeing your videos, which really bugs me that YouTube does that. It's like, if you're subscribed to the person, show them in the thread. I don't understand why they do that. But that ain't the first time, and I ain't the only channel I've heard that happening to. But, anyways, um, the title of the video is My Browning A5 Got a Facelift, and then on the front, it's just me holding the gun blacked out uh, and saying new duck on it. So it's the last video. I just posted it. What is today? I can't remember what today is, but I just posted it. I think I posted it yesterday. Yeah, I did. So it's already got 4,000 views on it. It's cool because obviously people are really curious to see it. And um, the job, I got so much good feedback. You guys all uh, really, really were super cool about it. And it's funny because a lot of you A5 Browning A5 people were like, man, I think I want to get that done to my gun. So anyways, go check that out. And so Austin did that. He coated the gun, and you'll have to go see the colors. I used a burnt bronze custom mix. Um, we did have it another color, but then he stripped it back down again, um, sandblasted it back down and started over again because it was like too gold, and there was like green or something mixed in. It was weird. It, was, it wasn't green, but it just had a hue to it. And... um it looks so bad, guys. It's so awesome. If you have not watched the video, you got to go check it out. And it's hard because the video doesn't necessarily do it justice because the lighting always changes the color, especially in pictures or video. But like in person, you can take it inside, outside. It's not changing colors. But like on a video and clips, it like, oh, this picture looks like, has like a reddish tone in it. And the next picture will look green. The next picture will look brown. It's, it drives me nuts. It's like, man, why? I can't get the true color. But in the pictures that I took, that I post on that video, is probably the closest look to it. Um, or really, the B-roll shot. But anyways, let's move on. Just wanted to let you know, go check that out. And that's, uh, Austin's going to jump on here in a second. So, let us... Um, sorry, getting some, getting a little few little text here. Um, let's go in a little bit of scouting. I won't go, go crazy, but I'll give a couple, I feel like good ones. And I don't know if people think there's more to it than this, what I'm going to say, but it's really not, it's not, you're going to be like, that's it. That's your tip. Well, the first one is when you're finding spots on refuges and you're going to a new refuge, one you haven't been to before, um, I'm just going to play it out like I would, okay? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this refuge. And I've never been there before. And I'm not saying, don't quote me on this, okay? Like, I'm not going to say, oh, every time I go to a new one, I'm going to show up the day before, get my spotting scope, and see if I can get at any angles around the refuge where I could see inside of there. But that would be a great idea. Honestly, if you could get there like a, an hour before sunset or, or the uh, sunrise in the morning the day before the hunt day, for sure, Get your, and there's, I guarantee you, especially a lot of California refuges, I know we say you can't scout because we can't go inside there, but you, there is some refuges you can definitely stay on the outside, get up high on your truck or something, and that's totally fine. There's nothing illegal about that. And get your spotting scope and look in there and see where you see bird movement. And you may not know exactly what pond they're in, but if you get the general area, you can be, I'd be holding a map. I'm going to talk about like the third person, okay? I'd be holding a map of the refuge or on my phone and I would orient myself like if I'm on the south end looking north then that's how I'm going to hold my map okay and I'm going to know like okay, okay general area here's my spine scope and I'm like looking looking all of a sudden on the west side I see a bunch of movement a lot of birds getting up and landing coming up and down of course morning and afternoon is the best time to do that hour before 
sunrise or an hour before sunset. And you're going to start seeing them move and just stay there in the morning for about an hour. In the evening, stay there till dark. So an hour before, stay till all the way till it gets dark. You're going to see the most movement. And then that's where I go the next morning. Like, oh man, they're moving on the west side. Kind of looks like the middle of the refuge. If there's some uh, references, like a tree sticking out, you can look on Google Earth, find that, and that will give you even more of a detailed spot where they are. But here's the thing. If you're close enough to where they are, you have good chances of getting them to come into you, even if it's not the exact spot. Now, somehow, sometimes how ducks are, they want... If you're on the X, you're on it, and they just you don't have to do much. They just come right there. So I understand they could it could get frustrating. They could just be one pond over. But the cool thing is, you know, you can always pick up, put a small spread out at first, like that next morning. Put a smaller spread out because you know, like, hey, I don't want to put five dozen decoys out, and then like I'm not sure if this is the X, and then I got to move 20 minutes after shooting time because I realize they're dumping in one pond over, you know. 200 yards to the north of me so put a smaller spread out at first and you know maybe like a dozen because you want to you still want them to see and then like oh man this is the spot and if you want to throw more out you can but if it's working why throw more out you know what i'm saying so <clears throat> but anyways um i had a few things written down uh about that about like scout okay so the other way you can do it and it's more, this is more likely to what I would do um, in a real situation I've done many times is if I go to a new place, I'll go there. If I want to hunt there that evening, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to hunt here this evening. I've never been here. I personally like hunting a new place in the afternoon because middle of the day, I'm going to check it out with binoculars, uh, spotting scope. And I'm going to look around till I see movement, which you say, well, middle of the day, that's not the greatest time for movement. Well, it's not. But if you can get several groups over an hour period of time from 12 to 1 or <clears throat> 1 to 2, that's really all you need. You'd be surprised how many times you can just pick up and go and like, let's roll. Okay, they're dumping. There's like four groups that just dumped in there. You'd be surprised how how successful we've been doing that. And, um, and then... You hunt in the evening, you had a decent hunt, or you did an okay, and maybe you're off just a little bit. You're scouting while you're hunting. So you hit that spot that you you sat in the parking lot, you're looking around, maybe you drove, got to go tell them, hey, I'm going to move parking lots because you've seen somewhere else, and you looked on your map, and you're like, okay, that parking lot's closer. If we're going to hunt there, You like a lot of our California refuges, you would have to go out and tell them, hey, we want to move parking lots. Then <clears throat> when you move... Okay, now you're looking to really pinpoint where they're at, and you're looking through your binoculars, and then, oh, yeah, there's like six groups, six pairs that just went in there. That's where we're going. We'll mark it on our onyx, give or take, because when you start walking, things change, right? So try to pinpoint it the best you can on your onyx. Mark it. Figure out what pond it is. Go. Get out there, and more likely, as you're walking out there, you're going to see more working, and you'll get a better idea. If you don't, that's okay. You'll flush those out and go right where those birds were, okay? Literally go right where those ducks flushed out of. <clears throat> then when you get set up, um, get hidden, get, I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Like really get hidden. I mean, you'd be, I've flown over high enough over refuges that legally, cause you have to be above a certain altitude and I could still at 1500, 2000 feet, whatever it is, I can look down and I can literally see hunters down there. No problem. Like even when they're standing in the toolies. So that always is in the back of my head when I'm, I think I'm hiding the toys. I'm like, man, if they come right over top of me, I know they've seen me. So I don't know if you can either crouch down or there's other ways to make blinds or build things up to hide you. Because <clears throat> I just, I feel like top cover is more important than anything because if you, if you're standing in the shadows, like say you're in the afternoon and the sun's at your back and you're in the shadows, they're not going to see you even, uh, I'm not saying do this. But a lot of times I've been standing in front of the toys crouched down where I'm in the shadows and they're flying in the sun. They don't see you. I promise you that. What kills, I think, all of us duck hunters more than anything is the top cover, not having that. <clears throat> so if there's a way that you can rig up something to cover the top, oh, man. And I've thought about using umbrellas and brushing up an umbrella and, you know, just because the umbrella is light and you could put light grass on it and put it right over top. I think... I'd be surprised probably how good that actually works. And if you think about it, umbrella goes down to nothing. So like, 
I might be a little tricky. I I try this year. You laugh, but it, it really could work. They sell. You can buy these camel umbrellas, and I would just definitely throw some stuff on it. I think you'd be you'd probably be shocked how much that would help you for top cover. But but then again, you might limit yourself in shooting. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but that's how we think, right? As duck hunters, we think stupid things like that. <laughs> but um, uh, da, 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 da. so yeah, I'd go out there, and that's that. I feel like that's my best tip for going to a new refuge. You can do the day before thing, like I said, or you can do the middle of the day, sit in the truck. Even if you have to sit there till two o'clock and you still haven't seen movement, keep glassing, keep looking, take a little nap, get back up again, look around again. You'll be surprised how quick a bird will come in, work and bam, hit that spot. And you could have missed it if you weren't looking or, you know, sometimes it's better with your naked eye to be looking. But I'm just talking about the binoculars for like maybe like a mile and a half away where it's just out of your eyesight range, you know? So just, I'd like to do, I just like looking with my naked eye. A lot of times I'll see him working way out there, three, four, 500 yards. Then when it goes past that, I grab the binoculars, but that's the best way guys, honestly. And then, like I said, when you're walking out there, you're seeing bird movement, you're seeing what's going on. You may find another spot on the way, but at least you're making some progress. Then when you get out there and you hunt, you can build more Intel for next time. Um, and you could still stay where you're at and hunt there and kill birds, but like, oh man, that looks good over there too. Look at all the birds dropping in, pin that. That's really all you're doing. You're just paying your dues. You're finding, that's how you find new spots. You don't, I want to encourage you, don't get stuck on going the same spot every time. There's the spots that we really like. We've been going to for years, but we know when and when not to go there. We know the times of year it's good. And we know when it's not good and when we don't go <clears throat> and we'll travel or we'll go up north or well, like, hey, it's not really that good anywhere. We'll just go somewhere new just for the fun. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different variables. But anyways, I'm going to call Austin. That was, I feel like that's really the whole scenario. I don't I don't feel actually like I left anything out on scouting for a new refuge. That's exactly how I would do it. Um, trying to think of anything else. It's, there's nothing else. I mean, that's just, that's just how we do it. And so hopefully that helps you, uh, Adam, and anybody else that, would like some good tips that's trying to figure that out. Um, let's go ahead and call Austin and we're going to talk about the process of probably be about 10 minute phone conversation and then we'll end this episode. Uh, here we go. Let's give him a ring. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hello, sir. What's up? We're recording. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to uh, talk to you again. And I, I told everybody, you know, just spend, take another 10 minutes and talk a little bit about the process and, and um, <clears throat> again, where they, can, where they can reach you and stuff like that. So what are you yeah, working on? Absolutely, man. What are you working I'm on right now? I'm glad you called. Uh, uh, I was just... Let's see. I just got done with some uh, black multicam on an AR. Ooh. Uh, I'm working on that. Uh, I'm working on a hot sauce gun. I'll <laughs> tell you more about that. <laughs> that one. That one I seen in a picture. That one looks crazy. 
Yeah, but actually right now I'm kind of doing some prepping, so I'm glad you called because uh, I needed a break for the <laughs> sandblaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, other than that, just working that, away. How long does that take you to, like, sandblast, like, say my A5, like, everything on it? How long does that take? You don't want to know. Really? Yeah, I mean, when you when you got to take <laughs> off the dip, it's just, it's almost oh, three layers right. that you yeah. have to take off. So, so you, have, you have, like, the hydro dip film. Have, I think they use a primer and then you go down to the regular. So, I mean, it's literally like almost three layers. Hmm. Now, when you say hydro dip, they why would they okay? So, they did dip that, and was that like a like a sticky coating or something like a had a grippy kind of coating on it, huh? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but uh, I mean, yours wasn't like the I think the Browning Maxes have the big issue right now again on the sticky. The sticky Dura Touch or whatever it's well, called. Well, mine has that, but it's eight years old, so they probably don't. When you grabbed it before, you probably like, oh, I don't have it anymore. But when I first got it, it had that real good like grip feel. But I think uh, it's just worn off okay. over the years. That probably was part of the problem trying to deal with getting that off. I bet. Oh yeah. So I mean, and it ta- it takes it's the I'd say the metal is a lot easier, mm-hmm. but you got to take your time with the uh, the polymer. So I mean, you don't want to rub too much off. Mm. but i mean it's just one of those things that just takes time man so that's when, er- when anybody says hey i got one of those sticky and i'm like oh, no <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i've got i've got two of them in my shop right now and i'm not looking forward to doing it but hey so it pays the bills right right yeah you stay busy man you were showing me all the guns hanging i'm like man you're constantly like constantly doing i mean you must be backed up for a little ways to be honest, huh? Yeah, man. Um, I my lead time is about four to six weeks right now. Is but, it really? Wow. And I mean, I feel like I almost need to bump it up, but hmm. yeah. I mean, we, me and my wife Sarah, we uh, we slayed it last this past Wednesday. I mean, we did the multicam, we did a tiger stripe, we got a black and yellow camo going on, the hot sauce gun, and some other stuff. Man, it's just, it's been wild, but Crazy but good. I love it. I can't oh, wait yeah. to see that hot sauce gun all we done. So is that oh, yeah. is that seracoding you did on it? On the shotgun? Yeah, we're on the with hot the, sauce. Yeah. Yeah, everything. I mean, I mean the actual hot sauce, was that a bottle or the, the label or something? I think I can't remember. It's uh it's just the uh the label and then like if you look at the hot sauce, I don't want to say it, right. I don't wanna you know, but uh if you look at that certain bottle, it's got like the actual hot sauce. It's like almost like a crimson kind of color. Mm-hmm. And then the label is a brighter red with yellow, blues, and some other stuff. So, And that whole label is Cerakote, right? All of it. That's 100%. crazy. No, yeah, it, looks, it, looks, it literally looks just like the label. <laughs> like I'm like, dude, is that plastic on there? Or is that actually Cerakote? It looks oh, so yeah. good. But <clears throat> anyways, back to our gun. I just kind of wanted to walk through it and... I texted you this morning, I'm like, I cannot believe I, there was there was more clips because I transferred a lot of stuff. You know what happened, Austin, to be honest with you? When I'm trying to get something out, and remember, I was an hour late putting that video out than I wanted to be. Yeah. But I didn't feel rushed making it because I was like, I want to make this really good and I don't want to miss no details. And there you go. I stinking missed you engraving the logo on the Yeah, because- I mean, nah, it's all right, though, man. I mean, you put it on. I mean, that's everybody kind of saw that in the beginning and they were like yeah. oh wait he's doing something to his gun you know so yeah well what made me think that, of it was- what made me think of it that i didn't have that clip in there is the guy uh a comment this morning on that video that video is at over four thousand views right now by the way i, I actually, know i've checked it out i'm checking it out every morning <laughs> <laughs> i'm really happy with the uh turnout of that video i didn't think it, that many people would be curious i mean like i know that's the kind of video over time it would definitely gain views for sure for that well, man, get- I think I want to say when I first talked to you, you I think you were you were you were up ten plus thousand on Instagram, and I want to say you had like seven thousand subscribers on YouTube, and then here we are now, and you got like forty thousand. Oh, like, when? Well, when did we first talk? Because I've I've oh, actually kind of I've actually been hung up on forty for probably like a year. To be honest with you. Really? Yeah, no, I I've been this channel is Maybe. about five, six years old, so 
Yeah, no, I've I been. Mean, you still, I mean, you got a lot of subscribers. That's awesome. Yeah, just it's just hung up, but it's starting to do better now. Things are going better. So, yeah, I mean, the curiosity was there. You block something out and say you got something done. And people are going to be like, okay, what do you have done? But I know, <laughs> I think doing the Instagram stuff too really create a lot of curiosity. Like, oh shoot, what is what's going to happen here? But oh yeah. That guy commented like, hey, who did your logo? Engraved your logo, and I was like. Oh my goodness! I, I've totally forgot to put that clip in there. But anyways, um, nah, yeah. So good, Austin, man. you did that, and oh man, that looks so good. Like even people that I think they just love the logo in general. People like that logo. Yeah, man, and it's a really cool logo because honestly, I didn't realize what. I mean, I kind of had a had an idea of what it was, but then when I actually started messing with it, I was like, oh. It's propellers. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, just, I, I was like, now I get it. Yeah, but uh, and it turned out really good, man. Especially the duck on there, the USA flag, and then uh, what's the other one you have on there? The symbol, the, the fish skeleton. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, it all turned out crisp. Perfect. Oh, so crisp, asked, dude. I couldn't have asked for it to turn out any better. Oh man, I mean, so crisp. Okay, I noticed something when you push the laser and you're like you're pushing a button or like I don't know what you do for like the one shot. Do you pick uh-huh. depth? Because when you did when you sent me the video of doing that laser engraving on that logo, uh-huh. it kept doing it. It's it it basically starts over, right? Like it goes around, does it all, then it goes around, does it all, goes. Yeah, you just uh, basically you set it to a certain setting, so mm-hmm. either. If you want it to not engrave deep or almost like I'd say an anodized setting, um, there's just difference. Uh, one, you could do one pass, but if you really want it deep, deep in that metal, you got to do it hard and about, it's like 15, 20 passes, about three or four or five different increments. I mean, technically, I probably passed over that almost about 100 times. What do you mean? With the laser, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Like For that logo? Times, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Because it wasn't just showing up enough. Like it wasn't. Because yeah, and you, I mean, yeah. If I just did it like fit, let's just say fifteen passes or something, it wouldn't have been as deep, and it wouldn't have looked good, you know. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like, and I, I can kind of see it, I can touch it, feel mm-hmm. it, as long as it doesn't move, and then I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna go a little <laughs> more, or I'm gonna do another fifteen. Well, and mind you guys, everyone listening, don't think it's like <laughs> like eighths of an inch deep into my gun. It's not like that. It's just yeah. How what would you say like if you were to guess like a a thickness or a deepness of that compared to something? It's pretty. It's shallow. It's not like you guys are probably thinking like my goodness. Are you ruining uh, the integrity of your gun because it's not I like for, that? I for- I forget the actual settings of what's it, like three millimeters or something like that for uh, NFA settings. Basically, the markings on your gun that are already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, your serial number. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at it at a smaller aspect on your serial number. It's deep in there, but you just can't really tell because it's so small. Oh. So it's initially the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be a certain depth when I'm marking somebody's name or manufacturer on their lower or anything else, it has mm-hmm. to be a certain amount. Mm. So I'm looking at it right now. She's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've looked at her every time I walk out of my office, I'm just like stare out for like, a, you know, when you buy a new truck or something, you're like, mm. you kind of, you get out of the truck, yeah. you get out of the truck to walk in the store and you like turn around, look back at it. <laughs> the, the, the favorite uh, part of my gun is when you, uh, you rack it back and you hit that bolt release and it just it goes. Ping. Yeah. Oh, hey, a good question. Somebody actually, I should go in the video and let's see if I, there's any questions we need to answer that you could answer. Um, I did see one. I think what was it? What kind of spring was it? Yes. Or something? Someone wanted to know because I think it was a guy that has an A5. So he wants to know like. It was just the it was the recoil spring, so that, man. Basically, that little tube that's inside uh, that's go your stock goes over. Well, I think That's he was saying, recall. is that is that the regular browning spring, or is that a special spring that just has more? No, it was just a brand new uh, browning spring from oh, okay. Brownells. Okay. Yeah, yeah that Shot was a question he had. <laughs> Who? Brownells. Oh, Brownell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... Um, that's that. But, so I, mean, yeah, I think that was the only thing I really changed because when I put everything back and I was like, 
man, this thing's not moving right. I don't like it. And then uh, I took that spring. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's done. <laughs> yeah, dude. What 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 it looked like? Was I mean it just super flimsy when you took it out? Uh, flimsy, rusty, uh, just and dirty. And, I mean, your tube right there was just all nasty as well. Hmm. Oh, but, it's a huge difference. I was actually went back and watched it trying to see the difference in the pop of that it closing mm-hmm. on an older video that before, you know, like from a year ago or whatever. And I was like, holy smokes. Cause I remember thinking that I was, I always thinking for the last couple of years, like I hope this, I can't believe this gun still cycles fine with how slow the spring closes at my chamber. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, I mean, it, yeah. it never felt on me, but I'm so glad you did that. I really appreciate that. I mean, guys, like I was saying, Austin goes above and I'm not saying he's going to just, do stuff for you but I, what i'm saying is you go above and beyond and i appreciate that about your work you just no problem man well i mean my my kind of rule of thumb here man is like i said i think i said before um i'm kind of a perfection you know i am a perfectionist i don't want to send anything out that i think is wrong or doesn't seem right you know i'll fix it if i can or find a way but i just i don't want to send anything out that you know <clears throat> not completely finished a hundred percent. I mean, it's yeah. just the right way to do it. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. I can't but, wait to uh, post man, these. Yeah. And I appreciate the video as well, man. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, I've watched it probably like I've sent it to everybody. And I mean, when you're talking about me and giving me props, I mean, I really appreciate it. It, uh, it hit hard, man. I like it. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> that. No. And it was, dude, Caleb, uh, my buddy, came over. He's like, I want to come down and film some of that with this. Uh, he has a 6K camera. So that the B-roll stuff was shot with a 6K. The only mm. thing is the lighting, I think, was a little too dark. Because he said that that camera, even though it's 6K, that the sensor for like lighting is very, it needs lighting. And so it was a right. hair grainy to me. And I think he thought the same thing, too. But, um, man, it when it was just spinning and hitting that light, in that B-roll shots, I was like, oh, my goodness, that thing looks so good. Yeah, well, I mean, you go back to lighting issues. That's what me and you had. Uh-huh. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's tell that story. Because remember, it, it kept oh, looking, what was I saying? I kept saying gold, and you were saying, I can't, what was the other color? We said, we can't see anything else but that color. Was it green? Or? It was olive. 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 That's right, yeah. Well, because I think, you know, we didn't really kind of know what you wanted. And, I mean, it's different when... You're all the way in California. You're working nights. I'm all the way down here. Mm-hmm. Two hour difference. And, you know, we're really just communicating via text message a lot. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I like this picture. Or, what do you think about this? So, you know, it's kind of like you send something and I'm like, all right, that's burnt bronze or something. And then you send another one. You're like, all right, it's kind of got some greenish mm-hmm. or some just regular FDE. So kind of let's let's go that route. And then I, I did that and I was like. You're like, man, it kind of looks green. I'm like, it does look olive. And like, mm-hmm. I think I slept on it the next morning. I was like, dude, we got to redo it. <laughs> You're like, you know? I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's olive, man. I, it's olive. Yeah. <laughs> so then I think we went to try to go FDE route, mixing yeah. with some colors. And we we're like, eh, it's just, a, I think it almost maybe looked gray. Maybe. I can't we kinda really went, remember. We kind of went a little stellar for like four or five days. We almost didn't really talk about it or didn't move forward with anything it was just like phew. yeah it was we were kind of stumped in a yeah. way i think both me and you and mm-hmm. you know like hey here we, we've got good days and bad days sometimes i like what i do like when i spray it I'll, and then i'll spray another thing and i'm like oh no i don't like it we gotta redo it mm-hmm. you know or something just doesn't feel right yeah so then i think we uh yeah when we finally talked again after we took a little five-day hiatus <laughs> uh I think we just went back to, we found a good picture of what you liked Mm -hmm. and we knew it had burnt bronze. Mm -hmm. And so I went with that as the base and mixed in a couple other colors, which I will not say, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, and then just did that. And then I think we, uh, tried a couple light distress and we figured it out. I think it was almost maybe you were, both of us were too scared to say, I think it needs heavy distress. Mm-hmm. And then we both kind of figured it out. You know what? This thing does need heavy. Yeah. And so the final time I just put 
I mean, a crap ton of black in there, man, over that bronze mix. So you spray and black straight on it and then start straight on it. Yeah. Cause so once I lay that bronze mix, like, okay. So you remember the, the Instagram video that I just released yesterday in yes. the very mm-hmm. beginning when I'm, you know, I show the logo and that paint, it looks like it's about to run. Right. That's freshly painted, uh, coated. And then I let that dry for 15 minutes, just an air dry in my shop. Then I'll stick it in the oven for 180 degrees for another 15 minutes. That means after that, I can take it out, mess with it, touch it. It's not going to do anything. Once it cools down from that 180 degrees, that's when I'll hang it back up and spray all the black on it. I'll hit it in certain spots. Okay. You don't just cake it on there then? No, no, you can't. I mean, that's really, really heavy. Some people like that, but no, that's way too heavy. Mm. And then basically you let it, um, I put it back in the oven for about seven, 10 minutes. Wow. And then I take it out and I take basically a Scotch bright guard and, uh, scratch it all up. Basically take that black and smear it basically to where it's distressed, scratched on. Hmm. That's a process. it yeah. is, man, and I, I like doing it. So, yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I mean, my wife dri- drives my wife nuts, and we'll do something like this hot sauce thing. It's going to get perfect at the end. I'm going to say, all right, I got to distress it. And she's like, oh, no. But it just, <laughs> I think I think the distress just looks so good, man. Yeah. Okay, so do you once you once you do that, the scotch, right, and then it's not because I'm trying to do this. I'm just literally curious. Yeah, like, it's, I got the it, process man, yeah. is interesting, like, do you spray some other final coat of something on it, or is that it when you're done scotch brighten? That's it, man. Mm. Some people do a clear, but I don't I don't really think it's necessary. If mm. anything, you're adding more thickness to it. But yeah, right. No, man. Uh once that's once I'm done scratching it up a little bit, I'll blow it off with compressed air and uh stick it in the oven for the metal goes in for three hundred and the polymer like your stock and foregrip went in for uh, 180 degrees for two hours that long yeah man. Wow. so that's, the metal was in there the metal was in there yeah. at 300 for two hours yep wow that's crazy mm-hmm. and, and i mean 100 uh, 180 degrees that everybody's like oh 180 degrees you stick a scope in there or something but i mean it's not it's not that hot 300 degrees is hot but i mean the metal can take it right Wow, that's crazy. And is this a special type of oven, or is this literally a straight oven? Uh, it's a special. I mean, it's a made, uh, I would say, powder coating slash uh, Cerakote oven. Mm. Um, wow. It's not the brand that I want, but uh, it's gotten me by with, mm. you know, the past couple of years. So I'll get there eventually. Yeah, I would say it works. That I want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. For sure. And that's the thing, like I said before, you got to have the right tools, man. I mean, mm-hmm. good gun, good spray guns, good uh, air, you know, cold air, especially down here, heat, oven racks. I mean, just so on, cleanness. So, mm-hmm. but. Uh, so now jump, we went from the, the MVM logo. I will save the best for last. But then we did at the last second. I said, "Head the hey the butt." I think you were getting ready to ship it. I said, "Is it too late?" And you're like, "No, it's not too late." I go, "Dude, I want <laughs> one more." I go, "I want one more thing on there. Don't kill me." I said, "But the butt looks too the butt of the gun or the side of the gun looks too plain almost." I said, "I want something else on there." And I said, "Can you do this the heavy shot logo?" He's like, "Yeah, no mm-hmm. problem." And man, what you do? Did you run it three? Did it do three laser shots on that? I, I think, think we did. Yeah, three or four. And it was like that last one. It was like, oh, because you did it. We were FaceTime, and I was like, oh, dude, that's it. Like, it was, I was so glad at the last minute I caught that and did that on there because I think I had, there was a few people that were like, man, you put the Heavy Shot logo on there. Like, because you're doing someone else's brand, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, that's how much I believe in this brand. I didn't even question it. I'm like, I hope I don't regret that in two years. I know I'll never regret having that logo because whether or not I work with them, or not, yeah. I'm still gonna buy that ammo. You know what I'm saying? So like that's yeah, how much I, mean, I believe. If you're in a it. believer and you rep that company, I mean, yeah, why not? Man? Yeah, like I said, even if they don't work with me in five years from now, I could care less because I'm still gonna shoot. And that's why I love that 
that logo anyway. So I think it was yeah. a great touch, you know, having the duck on there and whatever. And that's another thing, you know, so we were, we, we engraved on metal and then now we're engraving on polymer. Mm -hmm. So it's totally different settings. And yeah, it's one of those things where like you saw it and Sarah, my wife was here hitting the button and I was standing over top FaceTiming with you, showing you everything. And I was like, all right, hit it. And it looked good. And I said, all right, hit it one more time. And it looked a lot better. And I was like, it's kind of one of those things. Do you go again? Do yeah. you hit it one more time? And I was like, nah, go. It needs one more time. Then I was like, ah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you, I mean, I could see it live. You know, I was like, oh, you could tell. Like the first one was like, eh. Second, eh. And that third one, it was like no doubter. It was like, oh, that's yep. that's clean. And and to throw this out there, your wife, Sarah, super uh, picky. She got that before you hit the button, you know, or she hit the button. She was out there with the little ruler getting it exactly. So they guys, oh, yes. they don't mess around yes. with perfection. That's <laughs> I have seen it myself live. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a. Uh, sometimes I tell her she measures too much, but hey. <laughs> well, you know what? Because I get that concept. Because I'm like, this is eternal. Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? When you engrave something, it's like, man, if I mess this up, I'll have to live with that the rest of my life. You know, that would drive me nuts if I messed up on an angle oh, or yeah. if it was crooked. I mean, and, you know, it happens. But, I mean, yeah, on that thing, you really got to make sure. Mm -hmm. Double check before Triple check. you hit yeah. is what I say, F2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last, I think last but not least is the Mountain the Dew logo. logo. Dude, you yeah, nailed it. Can man. you tell the colors again? Because you were, I didn't say that on the video and I was going to say that and I forgot. Um, when It was like a zombie. When we first, yeah, it's a zombie green and ruby red. Because mm. you were like, man, do you think we should do, or who, did you come up with it or did I do it? I can't remember. Did you say, did you I have the idea? I think, well, actually, I think Harrison, my buddy, says, dude, you should have the dew on there somewhere. And I think I was thinking <laughs> it too. But I don't think yeah. we knew where to put it because I was like, I don't want it on the main, like where it's always popping. Yeah, there. no, we're, we're tired. But you might have been the one. I don't remember how that worked, honestly. I'm not going to take any credit. But <laughs> No, well, anyways, when I said, I was like, all right, well, yeah, let's do it. And I said, uh, I think I sent it to you or you sent me the logo. And I was like, oh, yeah, easy. Zombie green, ruby red mm -hmm. all day. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's identical to the logo. I, yeah, man. The colors. I mean, obviously the logo itself for sure is. But you got that Cerakote. Was that hard to do since it was kind of smaller in that small spot right there? Nah, uh, no, nah, it's a two stage. So I think what uh, the mountain mount the MTN is green, zombie green, right? Yes. So I think uh, yeah, I put a little, basically a stencil on there, and then did the uh, the green first, flashed it, taped off the green, then did the red. Yeah, you did so. super clean. Cause that's that's kind of it's hard. a little it's a little two stage process, but okay. But being smaller like that, I'm mean, I'm assuming it's got to be a little tougher. But you nailed it, man. Oh yeah, then you got to take a little tiny, sh very very sharp razor blade to get those stencils off. <laughs> oh yeah, so, I, I mean you could scratch it there. I mean, man. but I'm glad we did it because I mean you you've got your gun that you've had for years. It's been revamped, redone. Um, and the color that you want in the mm -hmm. scheme, the distress, not only do you have your logo engraved, you got the heavy shot and to top it off, you, we ended up putting the dew on it. Yep. <laughs> and that's, and it's not overbearing. Like you don't look at that gun and think, oh, there's too much on here, but it's no. it, to me, it's just like the perfect touch. Like, I don't know for me, I'm like, that is solid work like that's just perfect. no i would i would 100 percent completely agree with you man i mean we did a lot of stuff on your gun but you really wouldn't know it yeah it's like till you hold it you're like oh hey what's i love the fact that that mountain dew logo is just like you'll turn the gun or like you'll just kind of do a quick flip all of a sudden you see that flash you know that mm -hmm. zombie you're like hey well i guarantee you over the years people are gonna see that little flash because i'm not gonna say nothing like hey is that what is that on the on your bottom of your gun there <laughs> <laughs> and then it's it's just gonna be a cool little talking point, or you know, yeah. And and like I just I just thought, so what? You actually technically have four brands on your logo, uh, four brands on your gun. Oh yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, yeah. Your because yours is on there. <laughs> yeah, mine. The do do yours and heavy shot. Yeah, four best things right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else I want to cover. There might have been some more comments. I'm looking through it. Everyone's just like, hey, the personalization is amazing. 
Everyone says that MVM logo adds some such a cool touch to it. I'm kind of reading through them right now. Yeah, and uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go check out some comments to see if there's any other questions in there, and uh, I'll even answer that. Yeah, please I'll do. Tell, uh, send a link uh, for that recoil spring. But yeah, that's that's really like going back to that, didn't it? But that's the only thing that really needed to be changed on yours, man. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's not bad for eight years. No. Yeah, see, not at some, all, man. some of these people are saying I've been waiting for this reveal for a while. So I think that was good to throw that one little video up. They people seen like, okay, you know, when the engraving, they knew work was getting done. So it kind of did create that curiosity, I guess. Well, and we know we we set a time. I mean, it was no rush, really. You mm-hmm. sent it to me, and I was like, all right, I know he needs it back before September 10th. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was the day. <laughs> yep. But so we had time to take, you know, our hiatus and all that. But end of the day we got it right it's killer and i'm glad i was able to do it for you man me too dude i really appreciate it again austin no problem thank tell you every- tell everybody where they can get you if you even want to throw your number out whatever like however you want to throw it go ahead because i want I yeah again people. name's uh austin daniel owner of acadiana coat you can reach me on my cell at 682-552-0255 or best way to really get a hold of me is check me out on Instagram. So it's Acadiana Coat, A-C-A-D-I-A-N-A, Coat, K-O-T-E. That's it, man. All right, perfect. Yeah, and I and I think I'm curious, like a lot of duck hunters, I'm sure season's starting, so I don't know how many people, it's almost like, oh, man, I, there's a fine line in there, right? Like people want to get their guns back, but... I think, oh, yeah. And I, I've got a couple late bloomers in here, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to start seeing some of my guns out there, you know, like right. Ricky and them. I saw theirs at the dove hunt and it was cool. Yeah. And I, so and that's my question for you. That's, I got one last question for okay. you. When are you using it? When are you going to use that? Baby? Uh, it'll be a couple weeks. So you'll be All seeing right. it on some actual duck hunts. I, that's what I'm, that's what I was going to tell you is I'm excited about that too, is people seeing it in, out hunting and be like, dude, what? Cause there's going to be a lot more people seeing it in the duck hunts than there is in just the video I did of it. Cause a yeah. lot more people watch the duck hunts. So I can't wait for those people that didn't see the reveal or whatever that see it in the video. I'm like, Whoa, what? Did you get a new gun or, you know, cause I'm definitely going to say stuff <laughs> what about is it. That? Yeah. I'm definitely going to be <laughs> like, dude, did you put a Mountain Dew sticker on your gun? <laughs> no, bro. It's coded. It's coded. <laughs> coded. It's there for life. That's right. Yeah. So that's, uh, I'll definitely, um, be sh- pushing it too in those hunt videos. Like, Hey man, because what I was going to say is a lot of duck hunters have like probably two or three guns, maybe 10 or 20 <laughs> duck guns. So there oh, still yeah. might be guys sending in during season while they're using their other guns, but we'll definitely have Absolutely, to have you back man. on after season and and talk about some more. So yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it again, man. And uh, have oh, fun thank this you. season, man. Yeah, I will. So, as I said, cut them down for me. I will, man. Thanks, All right, guys. Thanks for coming on, Austin. Thank you. All right, Bye. later. Austin Daniel with Acadiana Coat. And I uh, appreciate him again doing that, guys. He did such an amazing job. Really, he did. Honestly, I, I'm so glad he's the one that did it. He takes the job so serious, and he really puts his name to his work, and it means a lot to him, I could tell. so Because I know I wasn't – I don't think I was too difficult, but I wasn't easiest because I was so – you know, it's your baby, man. Like, that's your main gun. Like, you, you want it done right and like you want to love it. You don't want to be like half heartedly get it back and like, eh, it's it's okay. But I mean, I really genuinely like love it and I'm so glad that he did. So check him out. And this was kind of a, uh, all around the bush helicopter almost crash and to scouting to start coating your guns. So I hope you guys enjoy this one and I'll see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.